Welcome to Don't IEP Alone, the only podcast dedicated to helping parents navigate the IEP process and hosted by a special education advocate. Your host has been attending IEP meetings for over a decade and has helped thousands of parents go from an IEP rookie to an IEP all-star. Be prepared to learn tips that will be a total game changer for you as a parent advocate and most importantly, your child's outcomes. Partnered with the award-winning Lock a Day in Our Shoes, you'll be confident, knowledgeable, and actually looking forward to your next IEP meeting. Don't IEP alone. Get ready. Here's your host, from suburban Philadelphia, Lisa Leitner. Hey there, thanks for tuning in. It's Lisa. Today's will be short. Again, I always say that, but then I still manage to ramble on for a good 10 minutes. Um, The last section of the IEP that we discussed was placement. So this is the one probably part of the podcast or this series of podcasts where I would say if you haven't listened to placement, listen to that before you listen to this one because today we're going to talk about location and it's an area that I find parents get confused. Um... Because believe it or not, placement and location are two different things. They are. Um, Placement has to do with the child's placement on the continuum of LRE, least restrictive environment. Okay, so placement, your child is... And I went through the continuum in that post about regular ed setting for the day. And then there's different percentages um, for pullout and how much much time your child spends being separated or segregated from his gen ed peers to the point of being in an entirely different school than his gen ed peers. And then, of course, there's residential, homebound, hospital, and correction or detention facilities, which hopefully, I really hope I don't have any listeners who are engaged in that. If so, I'm sorry. Um, But that's another podcast for another day. Okay, so that's placement. Again, when determining placement, the IEP needs Goals, supports, and services determine placement, not the other way around. And then it's location. Because as special ed has grown and evolved and more supports and services are being provided in neighborhood schools, um, particularly in the larger school districts, they may kind of aggregate those students into one location. Um, So if, you know, an example of this is, say, an autism support classroom, and it is determined that your child is going to spend 
his or her day in, in a self-contained classroom, in an autism support classroom. There may only be perhaps, you know, two students or maybe even one um, for your, from your child's school building, neighborhood school, that a, an autism support classroom would be appropriate. So rather than run an entire classroom for two kids, they might choose another elementary school in the school district and say put in six or eight or ten kids so that they have this small autism support classroom. They can really target it to the population and still kind of give a little bit of a social experience by having eight or ten kids instead of two. And that might be in a different school building in your district. So that is the location. That is not the placement. The placement is the self-contained classroom. The location is the name of wherever it's occurring. So the school, um, as far as record keeping and accountability, your school district still has to make note of this. They still have to consider the neighborhood school first if they are not placing the child placement or location in their neighborhood school they have to explain why okay at least in Pennsylvania on the IEP they have to write on there why the child's IEP cannot be implemented in the neighborhood school okay again they are bound to LRE they're bound to um considering the least restrictive environment first okay so the only issue that comes up with parents but it comes up often is um is schools changing location and changing placement a school can change the location without your approval they cannot change the placement and I know, like, in my school district right now, we are, some of our buildings are very old from the 1950s, and we are just maxed out as far as space. There's just no extra space for really anything, um, considering the growth in homes in the, in the district and all that. And that's a common problem for school districts, is that um, populations kind of have this ebb and flow to them to where they grow and then they plateau off and all that. And, and you know, they, they engage all kinds of data people to project growth and all that. But what they may, my point is, I'm rambling, my point is one year they may have an empty classroom in a certain building because based on the population that given year, they might say, hey, we have, um, we have 250 kids enrolled in this elementary school this year. We have room for 280, so they have an extra classroom. So that is where they put the autism support classroom for that year. They put it in the empty building or in that empty classroom. However, the next year or two or five, um, the population may shift a little bit. And they might say, well, you know what? We need 
all 280 seats in this building this year. So, however, enrollment has decreased in this elementary school. So we're going to move the autism support classroom to that building. So it's just a different location. The placement hasn't changed. Does that make sense? I hope it does. Um, we also have, you know, Pennsylvania has these quirky things called IUs, intermediate units, um, and they deliver their service. They deliver services, including special ed. And because mine is a large and spread out yet still highly populated county, um, they have this moving multi multiple disabilities classroom. Um, because multiple disabilities or being MDS as it's called is kind of a low incidence disability. There aren't a lot of kids who meet that criteria. Um, so what they do is around here is they collectively, they have an instructor from the IU go to a classroom, but that classroom might be in any one of three or four different school districts because it's just so low incidence that each school district might only have, you know, one, one kid um, who meets that criteria. So what they do is they take an empty classroom in whatever district kind of has one and that multiple or that MDS classroom just kind of moves around from year to year. However, the child's placement has not changed. They are still in an MDS classroom every year. It's just the location. That being said, I don't like change. I know people don't always like change. Um, and it's just a little unnerving, I know, to say, to get a letter or get an email that says, you know, hey, this year you're at ABC Elementary School. Just wanted to let you know that next year that classroom is going to be at XYZ Elementary School. Um, particularly if it's a longer bus ride and all that. I get it. I really do. However, that old ugly thing that rears his head is, is that legal? Yes, it's legal. Um, they're still providing what your child needs. Um, you would have to really demonstrate that the extra bus time is an extreme hardship on your child or completely inappropriate for your child to kind of make the case. If they're still implementing the IEP, still providing the placements, still providing all the supports and services, um, just in a different location. You just don't have much of a case. So as I always say, focus on what you can control. I'm not one for fighting unnecessary battles. Um, location is not a battle that I would necessarily choose to fight unless it was a really dire situation or really, you know, it would have to be pretty bad. Um, some, some pretty extreme reasons as to why I wouldn't want my child in that location. Okay. That's enough. See, I did manage to ramble on for 10 minutes about location. Um, I do not have a blog post on this one. I think I might have mentioned location in the blog post about placement. So if you go to adayinourshoes.com, look for special education placement, and you will find it. Thanks, and have a great day. Thanks for listening to the Don't IEP Alone podcast. No parent should have to IEP alone. And with a day in our shoes, you don't have to. For more IEP assistance and letter templates, visit adayinourshoes.com. 
For ongoing assistance and support, follow our Facebook page and group. Wait.